It's that time of the week when we open it up to your questions. Wednesday mailbag. Are the Patriots really moving on? Has Kraft made the decision to move on from Bill Belichick? And what teams would we pick if we were an NFL playoff college football style committee? All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson mailbag. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Love all the everydayers out there. Subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. And by the way, today's mailbag questions, YouTube comments or at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 to bet with. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, we've gotten a few questions about this throughout the season, and this week it's heating up with the New England Patriots, with just how, how dismal that season has gone for them and just the way the roster has gone recently under Bill Belichick. And he's still kind of coaching up that defense, right? That's not something that's necessarily going to go away. You saw that firsthand recently, Matt, when the when the Steelers and the Pats faced off, and we've seen it multiple times now this season. But on the offensive side of the ball, can't figure out quarterback, uh, and really the roster is in a bad place. But it sounds like Robert Kraft, is ready to move on. And Randy asks us if there's any validity to this rumor, these new sources and reports that Robert Kraft's already made the decision. Bill Belichick is gone after this year. How do you move on from maybe the greatest coach of all time with one of the greatest dynastic runs of all time? Like that seems like a a hard thing to do from a firing perspective, unless they can come to some mutual thing, which I I think it has to be that way. Um, But there was the... Did you see the the hit with Robert Kraft on with McAfee on uh, the NFL morning shows or, or whatever it was? Uh, I just saw the clip of it. I wasn't watching live. And McAfee is like, we all know what you have to do. It was basically like, it was like he just told him right before they went on the air. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fire Bill Belichick. Because either <laughs> McAfee was way out overstepping his bounds or because he's interviewing the guy. How disrespectful is that to, to tell an owner that he has to fire his head coach when – that you don't have any inside information that's actually going to happen. And he's basically like, we all know what you have to do and how difficult that's going to be as if it was already a done deal. So maybe it is more well-known in NFL circles than we know on the outside, Matt. Is this the, can you fire Bill Belichick? Wow. A lot to unpeel here because I didn't see the McAfee stuff and, you know, to phrase it kind of the way you did makes it sound like it's Brandon Staley or, you know, just some run of the mill you know, not the greatest coach of all time. Right. <laughs> you know, right? you know, I mean, it's a little different if it's a an interim guy or the Raiders situation or something like that. Not Bill freaking Belichick. So I've been highly, highly critical of Bill, the GM. And I think that that is extremely warranted. Yes. I also think that's an environment where free agents and players aren't excited about going and they're going to break ties to go somewhere else. 
and you know they're not going to overspend. Well, maybe they will. I mean, they did that Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith offseason, and that was bad. That was even so weird. I, yeah, they, they didn't even find difference making players when they were willing to overspend on mm-hmm. guys. They're like, let's overspend on threes and make them twos. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I traded for uh, – Oh, geez. Who was the receiver from Atlanta? He traded a second round pick for that was bad, too. And just, I mean, over and over, just a lot of mistakes. Nikhil Harry in the first round. I mean, over and over. So, and Nikhil Harry in the first round when Debo, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf all went in the second round, too. Right. And a loaded receiver class. So it's been very rough. I do want to give him credit this year because, frankly, I think their defense is playing the best in the league, number one right now. I mean, in terms of what they've done lately. They just don't let up points, period. They've been unbelievably good. So he still has his fastball in terms of X's and O's and game management and all those things. And clearly he would be quite the influence, probably positive, in L.A. with the Chargers, Washington. Those are the names that you and I have thrown out there. But, I mean, a multitude of places that could use a culture facelift. He would bring a media credibility. But it wouldn't shock me at all if Kraft's made, mind is already made up. I mean, he's a little bit spoiled as a fan base, as an owner, that the last couple of years probably aren't sitting well with him. Why keep running it back? And the word fired will never be used. It, it right. mutually will part ways or something like that, you know? I wonder if maybe even a trade situation mm-hmm. could, be, could be part of it. Um, it's got to be a mutual thing just from a PR perspective. Even if it is that Bill Belichick doesn't want to go and Kraft wants him out. It can't go that way publicly. So interesting there. And, you know, uh, it, feel, I mean, it feels like time. Like you can't keep doing what you're doing in New England, right? No, I think so. It actually it reminds me a little bit. You, you mentioned Los Angeles, which might be a perfect place for Bill Belichick. You got a young star quarterback go fix the defense, go maybe draft another piece on offense to help your quarterback. And, and you're off and running potentially if you are the the Los Angeles chargers. Um, Do we even know he wants to coach? I mean, he's old. He might not like the grind anymore. It feels like yeah. from a head coach perspective, he doesn't have, and you mentioned the free agency angle. He doesn't have the like, Oh man, I want to go. Cause it used to be people wanted to go play there and go win, play with of Brady and, and go win under Belichick. They were okay with go do your job and even take a little bit less to play there. Nobody wants to go play for Belichick cause it's a grind and it's not enjoyable anymore. Maybe he's lost touch with the modern player too. And maybe he doesn't even like coaching these guys anymore. I had to look it up cause it was bugging me. I mean, he traded a second round pick for Muhammad Sanu not that oh, long Sanu, ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> a second rounder. Like, you cut him after geez. half the season, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so uh, no matter what, I mean, I, I hate to say it this way, but there's good owners and bad owners in this league. And I'm sure some bad owners would just say, Bill, take it over. You're the czar. Do whatever you want. A good owner would say, all those things. But you, we're having a GM that is equal power in in terms of draft and rebuild, you know, player acquisition. Because it really comes down to this if I'm craft. Like, not can Bill still coach, but do I want him in charge of drafting and developing Drake May? You know, like, mm-hmm. he kind of ruined the heck out of Daniel Jones, or uh, Mac Jones. Not that he doesn't, I mean, it's not apples to apples but but mac jones i don't want him in charge and where he finished he got he got ruined he could and i max was never a a top of the first round player he Mm -hmm. wasn't you know what i thought of him before the draft but he was certainly a 
better prospect than what he's become over three years, especially with what he did right out of the gate as a rookie. You know, he was a playable starting player. The player aside and his abilities aside, it was a clinic on how to not develop a quarterback. And he might not be wired <laughs> in a great way. You know, he, uh, you know, yeah. leadership might be a problem there. And I'm sure that's where Belichick is like, he, with your Belichick, you get used to Brady too. And you're like, no, every quarterback doesn't want to win this bad. You know, yeah, and get coached as hard as the backup guards yeah. and backup safeties and all that stuff. And he has shoulder pads on the beach with Giselle throwing and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, not everyone's the same way. But and no, that was a clinic on how to ruin a young quarterback. Uh, speaking of fired coaches, uh, a Chargers fan did let us know during the week. And uh, apologies, I don't have the, the tweet saved. But basically, it was like, that's not the way they do things. They don't fire coaches in season. So that's it's not going to happen. Even we keep asking about it every Monday. Okay, Staley's not fired yeah, yet. Yeah. Apparently, it's just it's just not going to happen. That's not the way they do things. Immediately, the thing that pops in my mind is, okay, Chargers, maybe do something differently than you have been for a while. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe the way you're doing things is the problem. Uh, so yeah, the Staley watch continues. The Belichick watch, something that I never thought we'd be talking about here, uh, is now Same. on as well in New England. Okay, more questions here. Who would we choose if we were a college football style NFL playoff committee and we had to pick four teams to be in the tournament? Talking about Miami Dolphins and a whole lot more in today's Peacock and Williamson mailbag. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. As the weather gets colder, NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. And right now, our listeners and new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So you sign up, one $5 money line bet. If you win 150 bucks to bet on anything you want NFL-related, spreads, player props, over-unders, which coaches are going to get fired next. There's NFL draft props already at FanDuel. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Yearly awards and, of course, weekly spreads and college football and NBA and NHL and every sport you can imagine at FanDuel. There is no better time if you're thinking about joining FanDuel than right now to get in on the action. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's move on to our guy, Joey Bag Donuts. Uh, always a great question asker, frequent listener, everydayer. Appreciate you, Joey. Pretend the NFL switched to college football format and a committee picked the playoff teams. Who would you pick as the top four, regardless of conference? So we've got one conference of 32 teams, Matt. We pick the four that are in the tournament. This is a two-man committee. Mm. Who you got? I think the Niners are the slam dunk. That leaves us three. I, don't, I have a hunch you're not going to fight me on that. Uh, Niners got to be in. I think yeah. today they're favored over just about everybody. Yes, um, they would be the one seed or whatever. You know. Where I struggle is, I think if I picked them, I would end up with three NFC teams out of four. And it's hard for me to know if the other two NFC teams, and who knows, maybe all four NFC teams, if we're just looking at records here, because um, is it because the, the NFC is bad that they look better? Is the AFC more competitive? So the top teams, it's harder to to suss out who those are. That's where it starts to get a little bit difficult for me because I feel like after the Niners, if we're doing power rankings, Philly and Dallas are kind of up there. But I don't know if we can go three NFC teams. But we, we're we're we're. Oh, well, he said it doesn't matter. We're conference. Blind. We're blind to conference. But but I also because of how it's, it's sort of like the Power Five thing. It's like okay, who did you beat? You know, the strength of victory mm -hmm. thing. 
are the strength of victories for these AFC teams that play each other. They beat up on each other, so the records don't look as good. So maybe the the Eagles and the Cowboys don't belong over, say, the Chiefs or the Bills or the Dolphins in the AFC. So I looked at this two ways. Like, if it's truly the college way of doing things, you have to have a strong resume. You can't have many losses. You know, who did you beat? Who did you lose to? When was it? Was it early in the season or was it, unfortunately, in the SEC championship game for Georgia? That was our first loss in two years. But, oh, they got no chance. Um, The Dolphins are out is what you're trying to say. What's that? The Dolphins are out is what you're trying to say. They're out no matter what for me. Yeah. But – if I'm talking about what would be the best four teams to watch and, you know, who are the best four teams in the league right now, I would go San Fran. Actually, let me start this over. San Fran and Dallas are in no matter what. I mean, oh, they're two of my four. I think the Cowboys are strong enough. Yeah. Dallas head-to-head beat Philly. Well, actually, they split. Dallas and Philly split. So that's mm-hmm. a tough one, too. But the the one that I they remember, great victory, but recent yeah. bias, more dominating win was the Cowboys. Yes. So to me, they're both in. If I have to just do it based off of paper, resume, I would take the Ravens and Eagles as the other two teams. That was my four. Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, Ravens. And I'd probably go Niners one seed, Ravens two seed, Cowboys three seed, Eagles four seed. And that's based on resume. None of them have injured quarterbacks right now, Matt. Do we kick one of them out if if uh, if. Lamar, Lamar Jackson get hurt tomorrow? Does he get kicked out of your tourney? Maybe. Kind of what happened to Florida State, right? <laughs> uh, however, if I were to build the tournament that I think would have the four best teams in it, I would kick the Eagles out and put the Bills in. No Chiefs in either scenario. They get the big honorable mention with Mahomes about to give me the finger in the next oh. couple of weeks now that he's mad and he just lights the league on fire. All because but right now. Time. All because of a bad offensive offsides call, Matt. That's just the recency bias. The Bill, yeah. Oof. In I, terms of just the best teams right now, though, the Bills would be like if I'm do if I were doing a power rank today, I think the Bills would be four. Like I think they're better than the Eagles right now. But the here's Eagles the argument have a better for for say uh, 49ers and then three AFC teams because mm-hmm. 49ers blew the doors off both of Dallas and Philly already. 42-19 and 42-10. Do we need to see those matchups again? Or do we go with the unknowns and we go 49ers, uh, Ravens, Chiefs, and, you know, fourth, maybe the Lions even. Lions and Cowboys play. So they're, that those that's going to be an, Lions-Cowboys play and 49ers-Ravens play. I can't give you the Lions. Not, not the way that they're playing lately. And their defense has been really bad. I did okay. just want to check strength of schedule. The Eagles Eagles have played the hardest schedule in the league so far. So I think that's one feather in their cap. And they beat a lot of good teams, a lot of close games. And they got the last two weeks really. I mean, they would have been one seed, obviously, before two weeks ago. And then now it's like, okay, oof. Um, And only the Saints and Falcons have played an easier schedule than the Cowboys. But I would still have the Cowboys in. If I told you right now, the game just ended, Lions beat the Cowboys. Where you at? Then I'm throwing KC in over the Lions or some AFC team. The Cowboys are out and the Lions are out either way. So the Lions yeah. can only be a spoiler in, in our tourney. Okay. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, I mean, they could change my tune and win out or go three out of four and get right back in this thing. They're certainly capable. But their defense has kind of been the worst in the league for in the last month or so. You know, yeah, one uh, and I, I, 
bottom line, I think we both agree. We, we came up independently with the same four teams. It's 49ers, mm-hmm. Ravens, Eagles, Cowboys. Yeah. Ravens have a pretty strong resume. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, and we get to see that on Christmas. Niners, Ravens. Yeah, that's fun. fun. Ravens have some good games coming up. They got their prime time against the Jags this week. <laughs> so what would uh, – th- this is a good – because we, we eliminated the Dolphins so quickly there because of their strength of victory. Um, right. The Dolphins are the two seed, right, in the AFC right now? Are they not? Yes, they are. Yeah. They could have – now there's a gap between them and Baltimore – I mean, that, I think we said this on Tuesday, but in terms of point spreads, that was the worst loss of the entire year by any team. Yes, I mean, that was a bad I, one. I know it's one game, and it's recency bias, but it was the worst loss of the year. At home. At home, right. They still some injuries and stuff, East. I know, but. Still lead the AFC East, and we got a question from A. Hendricks on Twitter. Uh, the question is, I'm still in shock. Dolphins fan recovering from Monday night. Our schedule is about to get brutal. How many more games do you think we win? I think it's two max. Do we make the playoffs even? Love the pod. Keep up the great work. Fins up. Uh, appreciate it. A. Hendricks. Uh, appreciate the question. Appreciate you being an everydayer over there. Here is the schedule the rest of the way for the Miami Dolphins. Last four games of the year. Now they're nine and four right now. First of all, the question would be, does nine and eight get you in? You got Jets at home. Cowboys at home. So three or four at home, which is good. But it's Jets, then Cowboys. Then they go on the road at the Ravens. Then they finish back at home with the Buffalo Bills. That is pretty brutal. Really brutal. And then the Jets aren't even a pushover. You know you're not going to drop 40 on the Jets. Lost big to the Bills. The first loss of the season for the Eagles was 48-20. They lost to the Eagles, lost to the Chiefs. And then their other loss is the Titans, which is the worst loss of the season we just talked about. So they haven't proven they could beat any of those last three teams, Cowboys, Ravens, or Bills. And they're going to have to beat one of them. So I keep bringing up the Bills because I am still infatuated with them. If they beat Dallas in Buffalo this week, they then go to the Chargers and then host New England. Game in Miami week 18 very well could be for the title. I mean, for the East crown. But just when I thought the East was wrapped up. And the tear Buffalo's on and losing Monday night could be week 18 for the East. And we we uh, we mentioned a little bit this uh, in our in our post Sunday episode, Matt, um, talking about the Miami Dolphins and the in the Bills and how that looks in that Week 18 matchup. And uh, I had forgotten, and I was reminded that the Bills are going to own the tiebreaker there. So no matter what right. the conference record is, division record, if the Bills win that Week 18 game, they've got the tiebreaker over the Dolphins, and they are they beat them head to head already. Yes, so they're two games behind right now. They sweep the Dolphins. Then all they need is to go into that game one game behind them. So if they win, they're tied, then the bills are in and the dolphins are out as far as division winner. And if the, if it's a situation where it's uh, they're both nine and eight, that means whoever doesn't win that game could be out of the playoffs completely. It could be like an NFC South situation. Yeah. All those crazy tiebreakers, Ray FC wildcard, who knows where you land, you know, I mean, there's so many teams involved. So if the bills do beat Dallas in Buffalo this week, I think that's a three game you know, add three wins to their total before they play Miami, and that's frightening. It's huge. And then also that would be a huge impact on the NFC seeding because now that's that 2-5 swap between Philly and, yeah, and yeah. Dallas. We're going to see the rest of the way. Philly's got an, one of the easier schedules the rest of the way. I think you mentioned <laughs> it yesterday. I mean, the five spot's not bad in the NFC because you're almost guaranteed to go to the conference divisional round, but you don't want to go to San Fran in week two. Right. 
yeah, no, nobody wants to go to San Francisco. Nobody wants to go to Baltimore. And and really nobody wants to right. go to Philadelphia, even though the 49ers have proven that they could go there. True. Win. Next, let's talk. Actually, let's talk New York Giants. And there's a tie in there with the Eagles and the Giants and young Tommy DeVito at quarterback and a whole lot more in the Peacock and Williamson mailbag. This episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And shout out to Prize Picks. They sent me a uh, coffee mug here. And to my oh. surprise, the little alien head turns green when you put hot coffee in it. And well, how about that? It's black now because I'm out of coffee. So I got to refill my <laughs> Prize Pick mug. And uh, you can refill your Prize Picks winnings by turning 10 bucks into 250 bucks at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is easy, uh, it is so much fun. You just it's you against the numbers. That's the best part. It's you against the prize picks projections. You're not battling thousands of other players, no pros, no sharks in the pool trying to steal your money. It's more or less on two to six players, stat projections, and then you watch the the winnings roll in if you hit the more thans and the less thans on all of your two to six. The more you pick, the higher the percentage goes up to 25 times your money on fantasy football this season. So go to prize picks and get a Deposit match bonus as well with our promo code prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or download the app and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, you put in $100, prize picks matches it. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. So, We've got a lot of questions about Tommy DeVito, and we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier on in the week. Do you take Daniel Jones or do you take Tommy DeVito? And a New York Giants reporter asked Brian Dayball this week. Uh, Brian Dayball didn't even let him finish the question because he said, you were in New England when a certain quarterback was picked 199. And Brian's like, nope, stop. Don't even ask the question. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think Brian Dayball believes that, that Tommy DeVito is the next Tom Brady. But Dude, it's all Brock Purdy's fault. Everyone <laughs> thinks Brock Purdy's just like they just come along every year now. I mean, Brady's yeah. been every 30 years or something. Now it's like, oh, well, we just saw one last year. That's what well, DeVito you, you got Jake Browning in Cincinnati, who's already the next Brock Purdy. So Tommy DeVito can't even be that. So now they're like, oh, well, he's just the next Tom Brady. So I don't know what Tommy DeVito is, but he's got something to him. He's He's owning the moment. This is the New York market. And maybe it's just because he's from there, but he's like, bring it on. Put the camera in my face. I'm Italian. I'm going to, I'm going to ride that wave. And, and like, uh, it's, I mean, Tommy cutlets, they're calling him, And, and he's, <laughs> I don't know how it's going to end, but they're playing their best ball. And the Eagles play the giants twice. And I would much rather have played the giants with Daniel Jones early in the season than the giants right now with Tommy DeVito. So I'll put it that way. Even though the question we get asked is Tommy DeVito, the real deal, is he going to stick around? Is he their starter potentially into the future? I don't think I'm ready to say any of those things. It's a great story. And the giants are clearly better now than they were. And Saquon Barkley's talking them up and, I mean, he, he's got the locker room. It almost like if you're Daniel Jones, you're kind of slumping down in the corner, looking around and being like, man, I, I'm sure as hell not going to see the end of my contract. I agree with 99% of what you said. They're definitely better now than they were. And he's better now than he was when he got inserted in the lineup. You know, he had no chance that first game or so. I mean, like, like hey, Tommy, you're in there. Right? Negative seven yards or something in the first right. game. So, of course, his reputation got destroyed then. Everyone, he was a laughing stock. I laughed at him. Everybody laughed at him. Um, the underreported story, though, is it's really the healthiest they've been. Guys like Andrew Thomas that are super important. I mean, they went like 10 weeks without being able to block anybody. 
and like Thibodeau has come on and looks like an emerging star and the defense is starting to play not just okay, but quite well. I mean, Dexter Lawrence is, we should talk about him every day. He, I mean, he's one of the best players in the league and never gets talked about because he's a nose and he's on the Giants. So their D has been carrying them and Barkley and they're reasonably healthy and they have an offensive line that actually blocks people. I hate to burst bubbles, but I think DeVito, to his credit, now will last in the league for 10 years. He'll never pay for a beer in the New Jersey or New York area. You'll see a DeVito jersey at Giants games for years to come. He'll get in in a Minshew-like manner here and there and mop up or get you out of a month when your your starter goes down. And I know both of us don't aren't Daniel Jones believers, nor would we have paid him. But that ownership isn't going to be like we're having a quarterback competition. I mean, Jones is going to be the starter in week one. But I did just want to look at this. They have like average cap space this offseason. And right now, after a three game winning streak, they're picking eighth in the draft. So if you're somewhere between, I don't know, seven and 10 when it's all said and done, I would have to know the draft better. But I would consider drafting quarterback three there or moving up three, four spots to get the LSU dude, you know, somebody like that. But you might be in no man's land. I, I think it's wide open. And mm-hmm. the, the fact that they've won some games obviously helps the stock for Tommy DeVito, but it pushes yeah. the Giants further away from drafting one of the top no-brainer quarterbacks that if yeah. you're picking one or two and you're the Giants, you 100% just take one of those quarterbacks. Um, but And so now it's kind of just all wide open. I don't think it's that slam of a dunk right now that Daniel Jones walks into week one as a starter. I think he, I think he takes the first reps in OTAs if the season ended today. But Tommy DeVito's numbers are, are kind of identical. Like completion percentage is 66 to 67. Uh, the big thing where Tommy DeVito is winning right now is the touchdown to interception ratio. Daniel Jones threw two touchdowns this year and six interceptions in yeah. six games. I think last I mean, year was very, very low too. Yeah. You didn't light the world on fire. It was mostly a little added value as a runner. And Tommy DeVito is doing that too. So Tommy DeVito's running ability is right on par with what we saw from mm-hmm. Daniel Jones. So um, that's important. Just, just from straight up quarterback play, and maybe it is just the line in front of him is the biggest difference here. There's, there's, it's, it's really kind of the same. So it's not like Danny, uh, Tommy DeVito is playing a lot better than Daniel Jones. Touchdown to interception is really the only thing where he's significantly better. Everything else is almost identical. Same offense, right? So just the, the parts around him are better. It probably makes up that difference. They are. But I don't know if, if he looks better in camp. He gets to start, and there might be another rookie quarterback that's in the mix as well that starts over both of them. So I think kind of everything's wide open. I think it's it's a, I think it's a a forty percent chance that it's Daniel Jones, a thirty percent chance that it's Tommy DeVito, and a thirty percent chance that it's the field at Mm -hmm. at starting Week One quarterback for the Giants next year. Maybe they're the team that does like the Will Levis move and moves up at the in the top of the second round for that guy that falls. You know what I mean? Like can't quite get one and kind of hedge your bets. We'll get the best offensive player we can draft the you know, neighbors out of LSU in the first round to make whoever's quarterback's life easier. And then we'll go get a, the Herndon hooker Levis day two guy, you know, question from Sean, which players exceeded ex- expectations this season more than anyone else. I saw this and I jotted down too. There's probably a hundred. I'm not thinking of, because first of all, I thought the Rams exceeded expectations as a whole, and McVay would be my coach of the year. You mentioned this off the air. Puka certainly would be in that mix because I brought up Kyron Williams, who we just did a deep dive on on Locked On Dynasty. 
Uh, I didn't think he was a starting back, and now he's lighting the world on fire. Yeah. And I mean, from a fantasy you know, perspective, Kyron yeah. Williams is a, a and, and Puka both are are huge ones. So I, but Puka was like zero expectations. So uh, I think that to answer the question properly, we got to find someone who had some expectations because, you know, Jake Browning and Tommy DeVito is like, they weren't even on the expectations list. Yeah. To exceed, you know, even Flacco. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, these guys had zero expectations. We're just laughing at them and they're winning games. You know, something so Kyron Williams is a good one. And I think that might be the winner, but you named one on the defensive side of the ball. I like a lot too. Yeah, I was wrong about the Ravens' defense as a whole. I had low expectations. I thought, boy, they don't really have pass rushers, um, but, boy, they have a great scheme. Jadavian Clowney's been very, very good this year, and, frankly, he's been a mercenary that is much more name value than true production and down-in, down-out value. This year, he's been the total opposite. His body looks different. He's bending better. He's more explosive. We all know the talent was there as a first overall pick. That's been a perfect marriage. I want to. This question made me laugh. Uh, I, I don't. I don't really know what we can answer from this question, but uh, this one from you know it's true though on Twitter. He says, "Why is it a challenge to have five eligible receivers on any play where they know and the QB know where they're going and the defense doesn't to create confusion, indecision, hesitation, and mis- miscommunication?" By the defense, such that at least one is wide open or can be thrown open. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that is just that's the, the that is the job description of an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, good luck. I mean, I just thought it was a funny question because it's like, why is it a challenge? It's it is it's clearly a challenge because there's guys paid that are really smart on the other side of the ball too, and I think having all of that information in your head and processing it with the elitist level of athletes in the world trying to stop you and men that can absolutely hurt you that are much bigger than you that are right in your face. I think that's what makes it difficult. I think looking at it on TV, I think job of quarterback and offensive coordinator, probably a lot easier from where we sit than uh, where those guys sit on game day. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I'm not making fun of this tweet at all. I mean, we have all levels of different fans and knowledge and everybody's interested in trying to learn, but I just mentioned Jadavian Clowney. If, if I introduced you to, if you shook Jadavian Clowney's hand once, you'd say, how does anyone ever complete a pass in this planet ever? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not back now. This guy's going to be five get 2.5 seconds to get this football 30 <laughs> yards to another man. And there's 11 Jadavian Clownies out there. Like, Hi, let me introduce you to Sauce Gardner. Could you imagine what he, I mean, just the look and the way these people move would blow away most of our listeners. <laughs> you have to get rid of the ball, process it all, and be accurate in less time than it takes to say the words Jadavian Clowney. Exactly, exactly, right. I mean, certainly to spell it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right. Thanks to all the question askers. Apologies to the ones we did not get to appreciate them all every single week. Uh, at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Let us know whenever you have a question and we will attack it in the next Peacock and Williamson mailbag. You can drop a question on the YouTube comments as well. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast and check out the 24 seven locked on sports today stream. The first of its kind uh, doing big things here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate you. And of course, Matt and I back tomorrow making picks for week 15. Talk to you then right here, Peacock and Williamson.